the Holy Family Chapel Hill podcast, where you will find our weekly sermons, as well as the occasional reflection, conversation, or interview. We are glad you are here. Welcome. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Several years ago, my family was living on campus at Duke. Our apartment was situated in a stone building overlooking a residential quad. Overlooking is really the wrong word. Most of our apartment was underground and windowless, and it was positioned at the bottom of a hill. We have a saying around Holy Family. Perhaps you've heard it from Clark, who I think is the originator of this, or maybe in a properties commission meeting. This saying has become something of an axiom for stewarding church property. Keep the water out. The problem with our apartment at Duke was that we could not keep the water out. Heavy rains regularly flooded our living room, and the water pump next to our apartment released excess water, flooding our hallway. I'd wake up in the middle of the night, step out of bed to attend to a child, and lo and behold, the entire carpet was saturated. When this happened, We called maintenance to have the living room shop vac'd, and they would leave behind a big industrial yellow fan, and we would rearrange all of the bookshelves in our house to keep the children and their toddler-sized fingers away from the fan until the carpet was dry to the touch. This went on for some time, until a string of hospital visits with our youngest led us to ask for a mold inspection. The inspection was scheduled for a weekday, right before the start of vacation Bible school. So I went off to work, only to be called by Jeff an hour later and told to come home immediately. That very night, we needed to move out of our apartment. Our apartment had been condemned. Today's reading from St. Paul's letter to the Romans begins with this word, condemned, condemnation. We are in the middle of Paul's letter and arguably at the center of his theology of God's work of salvation in Jesus Christ. Romans 8, we might say, is like the heart of scripture in a chapter. It's about how condemnation turns to no condemnation. It was and is God's desire to live in loving communion with all that God has made. God's desire is to dwell with us. That's why way back in Genesis, humans are made in the image of God and put in a garden. 
It's why God takes a walk with those, gar- with those humans in the cool of the day. God's desire for communion is born out of God's own communion with God's self in the triune life. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in unending dance. But as you know, sin quickly enters the story. The stories of Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel and then all of Scripture point to how the possibility of close relationship with God is ruptured, corrupted, through murder, jealousy, inhospitality, through the law of sin and death. And it makes humans a place in which God's actions in the world are inhibited. Even those things which are for the good, meant to uphold communion with God, such as the law, become corrupted by sin. Sin itself becomes a kind of law, but by this we mean more like a law of nature, the ordering or structuring system in our lives. But Paul says... God has done what the law, weakened by flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and to deal with sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. In his sermon last week, Jason described sin. We are hopeless, at war with ourselves. We do not do the things we want to do, but the things we do not want to do. We feel this at the level of the particular and individual, the quiet sin you know only too well in your own heart, things done and left undone, our failure to love our neighbor. From this perspective of sin and condemnation, it's easy to have in mind a legal framework. We're guilty of sin and in need of forgiveness, and we cannot produce it on our own. But there is another nuance and dimension of sin. It plays out on the level of powers and systems. Powers that degrade the gift of this earth that we have been given. It is the ground of greed, malice, hatred, violence, and war. Those things that corrupt relationships with one another, with the gift of the earth, and with God. And it turns out that sin, the thing which makes us at war with ourselves, is a chameleon. It can be activity for which it is unclear who is accountable. Does the responsibility for war belong to those who make decisions about it? Those who manufacture its weapons? Or those who pay taxes? What level of participation rises to the level of sin? And the answer, of course, is all of it. Sin is a power that is raising hell against God and the purposes of God, against the world that God loves. A battle of cosmic proportion played out on multiple fronts. Sin at war with the love of God and God's desire for communion born out of God's own Trinitarian life. So this sense of condemnation adds a layer. Chains we cannot break for which we do not have or do not know where to find the key. It is like a condemned apartment, a condemned dwelling, uninhabitable space for communion with God. And this brings us to the very heart of the gospel and the heart of Paul's theology in Romans 8. 
In the incarnation, the divine life of God and human flesh meet in the person of Jesus Christ, who is fully God and fully human. Jesus is not merely a person sent on a mission from God to right the world. Jesus is God, moving and acting in the world. God. When we say God, we're talking about Jesus, the Son, in communion with the Father in the Holy Spirit. And when we say that God offers the gift of the Son, we are also saying that God offers the gift of God's self. Because God wants to be in communion with us, God makes a dwelling with God's own action, with God's own body. This is what Paul figures out how to say. It's why it's such a remarkable turning point in the letter to the church in Rome. The corruption and decay of sin, the reign of death, these are all undone by Jesus because he is very God from very God. Jesus brings with him and to us the communion of God's love. And death and sin, they stand no chance. This is why Paul says in Romans 8.1, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is Jesus' condemnation of sin. There is judgment. There is a no from God to sin. It cannot be tolerated because it seeks to destroy the creatures of God. But God creates in these very creatures, in us, a dwelling. Earlier this week, I opened a book of poetry given to me by one of our parishioners. I skimmed through the contents until out fell a postcard, which was printed with the Anastasis icon. You may have seen this icon around Holy Family, especially around Easter. In it, Jesus is dressed in white, behind him radiating light in the shape of an almond. He pulls two figures from their graves as others stand in a queue, awaiting their own liberation. Jesus is standing in a kind of power stance and on top of two gates, which along with their locks and chains have fallen to the ground. And this is my favorite part, in the shape of a cross. It is meant to image the saving work of God in the death and resurrection of Jesus. The gates are the gates of Hades or of death, and the dead are being liberated from its power by Jesus in order that they might dwell in communion with God. This is good news. Just as Jesus brings to us the divine life in the flesh, making communion with God possible, Jesus brings human life to God healing it by the power of the Spirit, making it a fit dwelling for communion with God, and sharing with us the life of the Spirit. We have been brought into the life of the Spirit through participation in the death and resurrection of Jesus, in being claimed as Christ's own, and being received by his body, the church. The Spirit dwells in us. Here's how Paul says this, because no one says it better. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead 
will give you life to your mortal bodies, also through his spirit who dwells in you. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. You can find out more about the Church of the Holy Family at holyfamilychapelhill.org. Thanks for listening, and join us again next week. Peace be with you.